guys, welcome back. It's Dan Manson. Uh, today I'm going to talk about how Elevate works. So I sort of talked about the origin of Elevate uh, last episode, and now I'm going to talk about how the program works. It's very different, right? It's unique, all these things. So what makes it different? Well, and I'm going to try to do this in a, in a short enough amount of time that I don't talk for an hour on it, because I could, but uh, I'm going to try to sum it up. Most rehabs these days, and I'm and I'm going to start off by saying I I'm really don't want to bash any other programs. People are doing amazing work. There's amazing people that are trying to help and um, give their heart and soul to people. And this is not meant to slight any other approach of, of treatment. Um, but it is just sort of the reality of what's going on. I, I kind of feel like we're a bit in the stone age uh, as an industry and we need to get ahead and, and see what we can do better. Um, that's my personal opinion. You could think I'm, you know, full of it or arrogant, but, uh, that's just how I feel. But other places mostly are meetings and meds. Treatment is meetings and meds. Okay. So, you know, you get up in the morning, take your meds and you go to a meeting and then you have lunch and then you take your meds and then you go to a meeting and then you have dinner and then you take your meds and then you have free time. And, you know, you play cards or you play basketball or, or whatever, you watch TV. And that's pretty much what it is. You'll have one-on-one uh, -on -one sessions and you'll, you may do some uh, other things like you might do some, you know, you might have equine therapy with a horse or you, the place may have a pool or whatever, right? You just, it's sort of an amenity. Uh, there are other types of therapies that they could implement and those are not invalid. They, they could be very powerful. Uh, but typically why I say most places are meetings and meds is because this is what the insurance company is expecting to see if they're going to pay you. And we'll get into that in later episodes where I talk about the medical industry and why it works the way that it does and everything like that. So as long as you're doing your meetings and your meds and they're getting a counseling session, you know, you get paid. So that's how it goes. Um, most places have a gym or a lot of places may have a gym, that's an amenity. Use it if you want to, sort of like a hotel. You go to a hotel, it has a gym. Most people probably don't use it, but it's there if you want it. Uh, Elevate is very different. At Elevate, we put people through detox. Obviously, um, every place you're going to have to put someone through detox. We have a medically assisted detox. We we have doctors and nurses. Uh, they take medications. We, we give them detox medications to get them through their, their detox symptoms as comfortably as possible. Where we differ is that we don't put anybody on new medications. A lot of times you'll go to a treatment program, let's say you're addicted to fentanyl or heroin or, you know, crack or whatever, it doesn't matter. And when you go in, they'll detox you and then say, well, we need you to manage your cravings. We need you to manage your, you know, your anxiety, your depression, all these things that are related to being an, you know, an addict. So they'll put you on all these meds to manage those symptoms, which is what the insurance companies expect you to do. They think if you don't put anybody on meds, how can they possibly deal with their cravings and things like that? So we at Elevate will detox people using medications, detox meds, but we will not put you on, let's say an antidepressant or anti-anxiety or something to help you sleep or something like that, unless it's absolutely medically necessary, right? We, our goal is that when you leave detox, you've detoxed from everything. Now that means, you know, 
different things. We don't take people off anything that could be dangerous. This is a doctor's call, right? Um, but if someone was taking a med that really wasn't helping them, really wasn't doing anything for them and had side effects, then potentially the doctor could say, well, maybe you don't need to take this anymore. Uh, that's a that's always a conversation between the client and the doctor. We don't interfere as elevate into that other than the fact that we don't bring people into the program if the doctor says, hey, this this person is not going to be able to do your program medication-free. So we'll screen them on the front end, and because of that, some people are not eligible for Elevate, which is unfortunate, but we uh, stick to what we believe in at our, at our program. So there's four phases at Elevate. So we have the first phase is exercise. So exercise is not an amenity at Elevate. Exercise is mandatory. And we obviously adjust to people's fitness levels when they just get out of detox they are probably not going to go into the gym and crush it at CrossFit. Uh, although you would be surprised, some of them have, and they love it. Uh, we offer options such as CrossFit, yoga, and hiking, or walking even if they, they aren't able to hike. We do everything on a gradient, and we make sure that people are never you know, in a situation that they're pushing themselves beyond their ability. However, we are interested in helping them get out of their comfort zone because they've been used to not exercising or not doing things that they should be doing and kept themselves in their comfort zone, which is kind of what's led them to the situation that they're in. So, um, and believe me, we've had, uh, you know, 80, 70 year old women doing CrossFit uh, successfully and happily sweating and feeling powerful and amazing. And like, this is, you know, this is what we want. The more I learn, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist, I'm not a PhD or anything like that. Uh, but the more I learn about the body and the body-mind connection, the more I see why Elevate works well for people the way that we do it. So much emotion is held in the body. We feel like it's in the mind, right? It's, it's, it's oh, I'm anxious, I feel anxious, I, my thoughts are racing and all these things. And we're sort of taught to pro, or, or, or I don't know if this is, comes from society or what, but I don't know. Just taught to believe that like that stuff exists in your head, it's in your mind. Well, so much of it we're discovering is in the body. You're actually holding emotions in the body, so you can sit around like in other programs and do meetings and and work on issues and stuff. But if you're not moving your body, if you're not getting your body healthier, you're really doing yourself a disservice. When you do CrossFit especially is called is functional fitness. And believe me, I've, I'm the kind of guy who's not in great shape. I'll go into, if I do a CrossFit workout tomorrow, it's going to destroy me, right? If I try to do it at the way they say it, I would definitely have to modify it. I'm not in amazing shape, but when you move your body and you sweat and you, you know, do squats and you do things that's moving your spine and getting blood flow within your discs and your nerves and that, that flows out throughout your body and that blood flow, it's so beneficial. Uh, so while we do offer yoga uh, and, and hiking, we definitely encourage people to at least try CrossFit a, a couple of days a week. And, and many of them, after, you know, after they get a little sore the first week or so, you know, it's, it happens for everybody they start to feel more confident. They start to feel more disciplined. They have some self-respect again. They feel like, hey, okay, I'm getting stronger. Yeah, I'm, I'm where I am. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm getting stronger. I'm getting better. 
each day I do this is getting better. And the other thing that's really important is that when you start doing things to push yourself out of your comfort zone, like for example, lifting that extra rep, if you don't know you can do it, or running another 10 minutes when you thought you were not able to, and you push yourself mentally to get out of the comfort zone, that is an amazing analogy for when you go in to do treatment and you do the therapy on yourself, right? If you can push yourself out of your comfort zone in a CrossFit gym or in a yoga session or, or during a difficult hike and you say, I can't do it. And then you say, no, I can do it. And people rally around you and say, you can do it. And then you do it and you feel that those endorphins from accomplishing something hard. Then when it goes time to tackle your mental issues, your past, you are much more likely to be able to do that. So that mind-body connection, mind-body-spirit actually is very, uh, very essential to elevate. So our next section, so we have four blocks. One is exercise. The second is team. So team is our spin on group therapy. So we do group therapy like other programs, but we do it differently. We still are in a room. We still have one person facilitating it or leading it. But rather than kind of going around the room and everyone tells their stories about, you know, oh, I did this and I did that and I'm so ashamed and learn from my story so you don't have to do that, which, you know, look, testimonials can be powerful, but um, that it's, it, anyway, it's not necessarily always therapy. So we have a situation where we will come up with a problem and that problem needs to be solved by the group together, right? They are not diving into fixing Mary's personal issues who's sitting in that chair we're talking about an issue that could apply to anyone. Hey guys, it's Christmas and you know, you are trying to be sober and you know, aunt Susie pulls out the wine and mom pulls out the vodka. What are you going to do? Right? So at that point we are solving problems. We are talking about what could happen and then people could share their stories. Well, let me tell you like five years ago, this actually did happen to me. Okay. That's all completely relevant because you're talking about a specific topic. You're trying to work on a specific issue. And so then the interaction between people becomes more of a group think tank where, Hey guys, how would we solve this issue? Someone could raise their hand and say, I, Hey, I don't have, I don't get invited to Christmas or, you know, I'm, I'm Jewish or, or whatever. That, that doesn't matter. Right. It, it's like, this is the situation. So the, you know, when we go around the room and people have their inputs and it's not just that issue, there, there's all kinds of different exercises that they do together. But the, the idea is to do it together as a group, as a team that actually shows that a group dynamic can be powerful. When you have support, you can accomplish much more than when you're doing things on an island. The other thing that we stress, you know, we can't fix you. Only you can fix you. But to do that, we can try to provide you with things that can help you, such as confidence, a safe location, education and tools, guidance, support, right? But only you can fix yourself. However, the power of the group, the power of, of multiple people working on one goal is something that is a very huge life skill. So we work together to assist people in doing that. And they find that oftentimes they will come up with their own solutions to things rather than us telling them. They say, oh, I get it. Oh, you know, Susie, what you said was actually impacted me and it made me think of something. Oh my gosh, God, I, I realize now what I had been doing wrong. So it's a team dynamic uh, and that's how we run our group therapy. 
Now, our educational curriculum is sort of our our bread and butter. This is what we've copyrighted. This is what we've we've made. Uh, it's our psychoeducational curriculum. So what that means is it's a workbook, right? It's books. They read a book. They do an exercise. How did this? How did this section apply to you, right? And not every section may apply to every single person's life, but pretty much most of it will. And what they do throughout this process, and it was written very careful and it was designed a very specific way so that the person doing the work is going to come to their own conclusions about what happened in their life. And I'll tell you that when you discover something for yourself, it means infinitely more than if somebody tells you what your problem is. <laughs> no one likes to be told, hey, you know what your problem is? This is what happened. When you were nine years old, you know, you lied to your mom and you did this and that's why you are the way that you are. How often does that work? Not very often in our experience. But when someone says, here's an exercise, I want you to think of things you did in your childhood that you felt guilty about or ashamed about. And then I want you to think about how those could have affected you going forward and potentially caused you to feel guilty about want and wanting to use turn to drugs. And then they do that exercise. That's a question that anybody can answer. So they do that exercise and they think about the things in their past and they say, you know what? It wasn't when I was nine, it was, but it was when I was six and this is what happened. And then when I was 11, this is what happened. Boy, I'm realizing I've been holding on to that kind of stuff for a long time. So they write out these exercises the staff member will check them, you know, okay, that's great. And all we're trying to do is guide them from the path of victim and despair and move them into responsibility and freedom. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but we're, we're taking them from being the effect of addiction to being in control of their life, including whether or not they choose to use drugs or alcohol. So we're always trying to give them power. It's an empowering process. They are not powerless at Elevate. We do not make them call themselves an addict or admit that they're powerless. They are powerful. We're trying to remind them of their power and show them that just making different decisions will change their life. That's our educational process. Our last process, our last block, and block means block of time, by the way, is experiential. And experiential, I mean, this could be many different things. This could be art, this could be music, this could be an interactive experience, this could be, you know, this could also potentially be a guest speaker or a TED Talk or something like that where we, we go over things with them. But the idea of experiential means, you know, doing an experience, right? It's not thinking about something, it's doing something, doing something in real life, right? Making something. What it should be ultimately is a creative process. Why is that important? Well, when you revitalize creativity in a person, especially a person who's been basically living like life is happening to them, not for them, to them, they feel the victim and they feel like they cannot create anything. And when you can't create anything, you do not become excited about life. It's like a muscle. You have to work at it. And in, you know, we've heard it all the time. People are, why am I sitting around doing art? This is crazy. I'm, I thought I was in rehab. Well, we're trying to rehabilitate their ability to create. And when they rehabilitate their ability to create, they can start to create a new life. They can start to create something different. 
They can start to create a vision where they can have a home, a job, a healthy relationship, a relationship with their children, whatever that means. And so experiential is ways to do it. And art is amazing. Music is amazing. There's all these different ways we can do it. And it's sort of one of these like, it's, you never know what you're going to do when it's experiential. If it's, you know, if it's being done right, you, you walk in and it could be, we're doing this today. You're like, well, I don't, I don't know how to play music. I don't do that. That's okay. Well, we're just going, then you can just be the guy that just taps the beat every four seconds, you know, or whatever, every, every second you tap a beat and then they create music as a group. And then the point is not the song at the end of the group. It's the fact that these people came together and created something and each person contributed in a certain way to something that was bigger than themselves. It's very relevant to life. In addition to that, they, uh, they will do one-on-one -on -one counseling and coaching sessions to keep them motivated. Now at Elevate, we're not there to necessarily fix their childhood issues, their relationship with their mother once and for all. That, that could take years of therapy if they were going down that route. Our job in the counseling sessions is to address what's immediately in front of them and keeping them distracted or unmotivated from continuing the program. Just, okay, what can we work on to fix this so that we can go forward into the next week? Tell me what's going on. Tell me what, what, what we can address. And sometimes things do come up from the past, do come up from childhood, and we do have to address it. But, you know, unlike trying to set, uh, tackle their entire life while they're in rehab, we're trying to give them all the tools and motivation that they need to continue to complete Elevate. Because we believe that if they continue to do the program the way it's laid out, they will just, they will just become better. They will become more powerful. An issue that they're having week one, by week eight, they're thinking, I don't even know why I had that issue. I would just handle it this way. But they don't realize that they've moved from unconfident and you know upset and victim to self-confident, having self-respect and discipline. And so they start to solve their own problems. That's essentially Elevate in a nutshell. And it's delivered by people who've been there and who can relate, not a doctor in a lab coat who's telling you something. No, no, these are people that have had the same issues you did, and they've overcome them too using these same therapies, this, these same techniques. So, you know, you feel like you're, you know, that you're surrounded by people that are like you, um, and you're also, it's being done in a positive environment. Uh, you know, at Elevate, we want people laughing. We want people smiling. We want people uh, enjoying the process, enjoying their day, going to bed with a smile on their face, if possible. I mean, that may sound crazy for rehab when people have destroyed their lives. And believe me, it usually takes people a few weeks to get there. But I will tell you, people will come and when they come into this bubble of positivity and everyone's smiling at them and saying, Hey, welcome. You know, I, you know I'm here. If you need anything, let me know. And I know you're, you might be scared or worried right now, but I'm telling you, just stick it out. This place is great and it will get better for you. And as they go through the process and they trust it, and usually they don't trust the staff at first, but they will maybe listen to the other clients, right? Because they're used to sort of not listening to authority and all these different things that they've got going on. But okay, my roommate's telling me that this place is good for, is doing good things for him. I'm going to believe him, right? And then eventually maybe they'll believe some of the other clients and then maybe they'll believe the staff and then maybe they'll believe in themselves. And then they'll tell the next guy, you know what? I felt just like that. And look at me now. So that is elevated in a nutshell. I could talk about it forever, but I want to keep these things short. 
And I think you'll notice if you have any experience in treatment already, or you've ever been to a rehab, this is not at all what happens in other places. So I hope you enjoyed this little explanation. And going forward, I'll, we're going to get into my book and, uh, and why I wrote it and things like that. So that's Elevated in a Nutshell. 